Hello, and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange Gaming Podcast, where we connect industry leaders to discuss experiences, challenges, and successes in the game industry. I'm Melanie, your host for today, and I'm joined by Thomas, Yonne, and Daniel uh, to discuss incubating the game developers of tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Knowledge Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So before we get into it, uh, let's work our way around the room with some introductions of who you guys are. Um, Thomas, if you want to kick us off. Yes, uh, absolutely. Hello, uh, everyone. It's super good to be here. My name is Thomas Alström, and I am the, the founder and general manager of East Sweden Game. And we are um, um, a community, essentially, for game developers in the county of Östergötland. Uh, it's a place around two hours south of Stockholm, where we try to gather uh, everyone that's interested in games development to uh, help them pursue their dreams, basically. Um, on a personal level, I work there half-time. I also work with Resolution Games. Uh, we have a subsidiary here in Lee Shopping, which I run as well. So I, I jump back and forth in my roles. But uh, my main my main task is to to establish the games industry here in my region. And I've been around the games industry since the 90s. So I've been around for quite a while. I'm an old man, which is which is great. <laughs> Are you, you say it's an old man. I say it's an old OG, original gangster. That's what I would say. Yes, yes, that's me. That's me. That's yeah. what my kids call me. <laughs> Brilliant. Yonne? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice, nice of you having me. Yes, I'm Yonne Taivassalo. I'm a managing director of Helsinki Games Capital here in, here in capital area of Finland. And uh, our job basically is to empower game companies starting game companies and small and mid-sized game companies to do their business better and we do that with different kind of projects and uh, and events obviously and uh, yeah and my background is uh, i'm basically an entrepreneur by art and game designer by trade i've been jumping between original development and uh, game development all my career over 10 years now and uh yeah i could talk all night about myself but yeah i've been been around uh, one thing i want to add is that i've been since start of my career, I've been really active with all the Finnish game development scene, uh, with all the associations, IGDA Finland, uh, Finnish Games and Associations, and a bunch of others. So I've been volunteering and uh, putting my heart to the scene of my career. So I really love the Finnish game industry. Oh, lovely. Nice. Uh, and then Daniel? Sure. My name is Daniel Villen, Managing Director for Arctic Gaming, which is Northern Sweden's game industry cluster. Delighted to be here, by the way. Uh, really nice. Uh, I am kind of new in this industry, I might say. I, I joined it in 2019 to grow the industry here in the north of Sweden. Um, Arctic Game is a collaboration between four different cities. And at that time in 2016, we had about a handful of companies. Now we have 75 studios and then 17 educations within gaming. So a lot has happened. Uh, I'm just 
I'm just stoked because I mean, this is this is the industry of my dreams. It has been since childhood because I've been a passionate gamer since I could barely walk, basically. Uh, so uh, I'm just really happy to be here on this podcast to be you guys to discuss some interesting questions. All beans. So um, everyone has brought a question for discussion relevant to incubating the game developers of tomorrow. So. As usual, uh, we'll work around the room, asking each of you to pose your questions and the context behind it. And each of you will have the opportunity to give your opinion uh, and your thoughts on it. So let's start first with Daniel and your question. Sure, thank you. Yeah, my question is around best practices to attract talent to uh, the Nordics. We can say Sweden and Finland in this case, actually. Uh, because, um, I mean, I, I read this report from uh, the Research Institute of Sweden earlier this year stating that only Sweden will be short 25,000 game developers in 2030. And I mean, this is a this is a huge issue because talent in this industry is everything, right? And also building a games industry in the north of Sweden. I mean, we have realized that uh, the way to do that is actually to be able to attract talent, to be able to attract people that you can maybe not promise, but at least um, give them an opportunity for a career. So. Um, I'm really interested to hear your guys' views on how we can sort of support each other and build a larger ecosystem than one studio, one region, one city, more like uh, a Nordic approach, because I, I think we need we need the Nordics in Europe to strengthen up against the rest of the world, I guess, when it comes to competing about the talent. So, uh, Jonne, what, what are your views on this from, from a Finnish perspective, perhaps? Yeah, well, it's... Uh really complex question in my, my opinion I try to be brief and then maybe we can discuss more but like definitely like well uh, everything is better in Sweden when when compared to Finland obviously so you are a little bit ahead with this but uh, uh, but definitely what has been Finnish uh, especially the capital area uh, uh, like a superpower has been the community really really active game scene uh, a lot of international like uh, help and uh, and the work culture, like we really emphasize on the work culture. Game industry is now known, notoriously known, like globally for grunge, bad management, all that kind of jazz. And uh, we have been working hard for our brand and and like really making the game industry non toxic and uh, and uh, crunch free. So I think like and obviously our like government is with this scheme and trying to market our good schools and uh, safe environment and everything like that so i think when competing with countries with have uh, lower taxes and better weather uh, we, we can still attract quite a lot of people here with good community and good working environment so i think that's the short answer <laughs> and a really really big broad topic like, yeah it is a big topic Tom, thomas what's your what's your views on it yeah, it is a big uh, and difficult question, and it's really uh, something that we, we need to work harder on. Here in uh, East Sweden, um, when we started East Sweden Game uh, five, six years ago, it was to establish and, and grow the industry. So, the, the of course, we've had a few game companies that have done very well, but essentially we, we started out with a, a fresh paper, so to speak. So, talent has been an issue from the start. We, we we work closely with the university, so we have a good stream of of 
what do you say, like young talent, uh, indie persons that that want to get into industry and want to build a company, and they have game ideas and so forth. The big challenge for us is the more senior people. I mean, if you want to have um, more established companies to come here and open an office, for example, you need to have, of course, both both the juniors but also the seniors, and the seniors are really high, hard to get. Um, so something that we would try next year, which I think is very interesting, is that because we have a great tech scene, we have a lot of large uh, like tech companies here. So we will try to steal people from them. Uh, yes. <laughs> steal. Yeah, I hope they don't listen. I, I would be hated <laughs> by everyone. But um, yeah, but but they need the game experience. I mean, if you're a great programmer, but you have never made a game, it's really hard to get into the games industry. And then you are used to senior salary, but you have junior competence in the gaming field. So what we are looking into is to start, a, we call it actually top-up education, which is kind of short, and it's for highly educated senior programmers that can come in and get educated on stuff that's relevant for the games industry, maybe six months uh, of like speed, uh, speed education, where they also can make a game. And the idea is that after that, they are highly attractive for the games industry as senior people. So so that's something that we will try out next year. And if, if that works out, I'll be happy to share it with you guys. I mean, I really like the perspective of, of, of a short way into the industry for senior people because what we have done in north of sweden with the vocational schools is basically to make a, a a short track from from nothing to something basically but what comes yeah. out from those educations are, are quite junior people and as you say as you both say i mean we, we need we need the senior people to sort of guide the way and to mentor these fantastic talents in, in some sort of direction but i mean yeah. for all of these educational programs it's it's also a it's also an issue with finding the people to actually educate them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is the point. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm, yeah. To educate senior people, you need yeah senior educators, and they're quite busy because they're so rare. And if you take people from their positions as senior developers to educate other people, that could be a like a negative spiral. <laughs> so yeah, it is it is complex. Yeah, no, I think that is, and that's part of the reasoning behind my question because I think. We really need to be better uh, when it comes to collaborating, not only between studios and, and cities, but actually between nations as well. Because as long as we could attract talent to Europe, it's possible to, you know, recruit them to Sweden or Finland, I would say. It's really hard when you you find someone in Mexico or, or in Indonesia or whatever. I mean, that's, that's a big step. But if, if they are living in the Netherlands or in Germany or... or whatever it's it's a smaller step basically you, you don't even need hard paperwork to make it happen um do you have any sort of direct ideas around that or comments i can comment on that again if you if you like um the, what we are approaching this uh like of course you need people that educates but at the same time all the knowledge is out there already if you have a computer and if you have youtube all all the things you need uh, to learn how to become a game developer is out there already so I don't think that classic teachers will be needed, maybe. You just need time to make your own project, and then you need coaching, some advisory, but that can be made ad hoc, maybe through Discord or Slack or whatever. And then you need clear deadlines, like every month you meet up and you show your game and you get feedback. Um, but I think that you can do a lot of things uh, online. Uh, the students need motivation, and they need clear goals, uh, and they need industry contacts. But uh, between those uh, occasions, I think people can can work pretty free uh, so I think we need to kind of rethink the old uh, 
school concept that we are so used to here in Scandinavia. I like that idea. I mean, it, it's universities are, are are wonderful, of course. I'm, I'm not saying that they are not, but but also it's it, it's sort of a it's a hard way, and it takes a lot of time to to create a university education within this. I mean, it can take several mm. years. That that's time. Maybe we don't have that time. Uh, so so we need to find other ways. I think so. That sounds really really creative. Yeah, we are working with a. Uh, is it called vocational high school? Yeah, yeah. The Folkhög School. Yeah. So uh, we're working with uh, uh, that here in uh, in Östergötland. It's called Valla Folkhögskola, and uh, the vocational schools are very free to design their own education, which is super great. At least here in Sweden, uh, because I basically called the headmaster there and said, "Hey, can we start a game education?" And she said, "Yeah, sure." And I went there for a coffee, and then we shook hands, and it, it was done. And then we helped them create the education, and, and it took maybe three, four months, and, and then we were up and running. It was really, really cool. No paperwork, no administration, no okay from governmental, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We just started our dream education, which was really great. But still, at the moment, it is more uh, towards made, like juniors or mid-level people uh, at the show. So that's why we're looking into complementing it with something for the seniors. Um, in some way, but I think that's a great idea. I mean, initiatives like that should be shared more often between us, and, and not just between clusters, sure. but between nations as well. Because if we make the entire talent pool larger, I guess everyone yeah. will sort of benefit from that. It's easy to say; it's easier to say than to do. But Jonna, what's your views on this? I can see you're waving your hand. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, <laughs> barely. Lifting a couple of my fingers, not waving them. Let's thank you. But no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. And not, it's not useful to be jealous, like you talk about in the in the Europe wise or like Nordic wise. So or, or whatever, like uh, more talent we can generate, more people we can educate, more people we can bring to the industry. Like it's better for for everybody, and it's a kind of like good competition if we start to compete. With like uh, employed benefits and like uh, well-being, I think that's a good good way to compete. Yeah. And uh, but definitely, I, I agree with you with that. That now, especially with with all the hybrid work, hybrid work and like uh, remote working, especially, uh, it's it's a blessing, but also a curse. <laughs> like if somebody's working from six thousand kilometers away and uh, free to change their employee by whim, basically, then it's a uh, it can be disorienting, but my point is that, like you said, like Thomas, you said, maybe the traditional education is the answer. We need like new ways to bring people in uh, because there's a limit what you can learn in, in a school. Then there's the next step after school uh, and between, especially if your first game industry job, you need a lot of, there's, there's a gap that needs to be somehow filled or somehow supported at least and uh, that is something I've been working recently uh, let's see if the funding lands that's something really cool I've been working recently personally yeah I mean the collaboration with the industry I mean this is of course uh, a mm. crucial part and I think that's important when it comes to the attractiveness of the educations as well to be able to say that if you move here and, and educate yourself here then you get a, yeah. I mean great contacts with a with an existing industry that really are looking for your talent and yeah. so so forth. Yeah, that that's my personal experience. When this is ten years, almost ten years before before pandemic, before all the remote and hybrid work, is that 
because we had entrepreneurship society in the in the university in the city where I started our our basically game business cooperative thing that I started there and then we had the entrepreneurship society and the chair of the entrepreneurship society asked me how do you, hey hey John how do you do that how do you keep people coming back because they usually in the entrepreneurship society there was like, people came three times and then it never returned so I was like maybe there's a limit how much hype you can get but what we do actually what brings people what glues people together uh also traditionally in Finland uh is making together like when you work together when you create together you start to trust each other and like each other more so like getting your hands on get, getting people to move there and uh work on game projects together i think that is the best way to keep the talent not only attract it but can't yeah. agree more can't agree more <laughs> nice all right so let's move on to yonne uh and yeah. your question yeah i have a simple question so how to fund the game developers of tomorrow so it's a two-folded question obviously like before you are super talented and before you're established developer is there a way to fund that those kind of people especially if we talk about not only students somebody say somebody who has a child and they can't work for free there is no in finland there's no really like low level funding instruments or way to get funded if you are not super experienced that's a problem because it creates uh, what i call ecosystem death like if we don't get new people to the industry then uh, growth gets even slower because there's a limit how many people we can attract from spain and brazil here to to finland in bit and and even sweden even though you have less no but still <laughs> but yeah it's like how to get those people running and that's the other part of the question and the other part is who funds us like the incubators and the ecosystem builders because that is something i've been really struggling all my career like nobody wants to pay for this even though it in my opinion you can disagree it's a great return of investment if if you can uh, give basic funding to uh, incubators like like us and then generate new companies and new business out of that i think it's super cheap but it's still hard to find the basic funding here in finland i don't know what's your situation do you have a basic funding how does things run so again how to support the the talents of the future the developers where to get the first funding how they should do it and the other hand who supports who pays for the regional regional regional, regional development the incubation i think it's a it's not yes no answer <laughs> interesting know. questions yeah, yes go ahead do you, if you have any ideas on top of your head maybe we can start are you funded who funds yeah uh, yeah i mean from my perspective, I mean, if we could start with that second question, uh, because uh, I think it's quite interesting because it's it's done a bit differently in, in different countries, of course. But when it comes to Arctic Game, it's funded by mainly uh, four municipalities working together to sort of create some sort of foundation to, to build the games yeah. industry. Then we use that base funding to get more funding from uh, regional companies and the EU, of course, uh, by creating... Uh, projects for within EU programs. Uh, that's uh, that's nice and dandy, of course. But uh, the problem here is that if you have, for example, one city that puts some money in in developing the games industry, which is of course a great investment. I mean, 
the investments that has gone into Arctic Gaming is already paying more taxes uh, than than what the municipalities put in. The problem is though that it's it's quite easy that it gets sort of they get protectionistic. It, it's like okay, yeah, but we have invested this, so perhaps we should not like collaborate with these guys. Or yeah, it's it's nice that things are going on here, mm. but when it comes to collaborations with that region, perhaps that you shouldn't put as much time into that. And that's the issue with that base funding. Because creating a games industry is all about collaboration, I think. That's why this conversation is so important. Because we could collaborate between nations when it comes to clusters uh, and so forth also. And it often works out fine for those working with that cluster or that industry hub or whatever. It might be harder for the investors, depending on who they are, if it's one city, for example. I think that uh, you need to have some sort of local engagement. You need to have politicians uh, saying that this is important for our city or our region, so we'll back it up. But then you need to top it up with some sort of maybe European funding money for for creating an actual uh, registered clusters or, or something that has some sort of quality stamp on it. I think that's that's one way of doing it. But it's uh, again, it's a complex question. I can also comment uh, on that one on on the number two. <laughs> so to speak, um, we are uh, funded by a city-owned real estate company uh, that only works with the commercial real estate, which sounds kind of weird. Uh, so their goal is to complement the private sector with the, uh, like investing in in houses, large houses, and then they rent them out. Uh, but they also have a, a part of their mission is not only to like build the houses and rent rent uh, uh, the office space. It's also to create interesting content inside their houses that gives money back to the region. So they're always looking for interesting clusters and, and communities to support. Uh, so that's how it started. They actually called me and said, hey, the, why, is not the, the, why is the game industry not present in our region? What can we do to start that? Can we help out? We have houses and, and office space that you, we can use. And that's how it started. And that's still our main source of funding. So we don't have any like big EU money or Swedish Vinova paying at it, so to speak, uh, which is great. And that gives us a lot of freedom uh, sometimes, or, or sorry, every day. We dream of, of getting the big funding. What about like 10 million euros to create the best cluster in the world? But we also try not to engage too much in those heavy projects because we still want to be, uh, how do you say, uh, a kind of self-controlled, not like so every day we start with thinking, what can we do for our members, our, our community members, instead of what did we write in the paper two years ago that we said we were going to do, uh, uh, which gives us a lot of freedom. So, so yeah, so it's, it's kind of weird, but, but that's how we get our funding. I, I think that's great, but maybe not sustainable. I'm not sure how, how long they can continue supporting what we do. Uh, it's good for the city. They get their money back, uh, but uh, it's slightly controversial as well. Yeah, I have been uh, there juggling with different projects and they had a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of beta work and a lot of distraction. So there's a, there's a problem there, especially when we don't have our basic funding like you guys. So we could yeah. use that to generate more projects. But but yeah, it's 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 weird because like in Finland, game industry has generated like 3 billion euros of tax revenue. So it's, mm. it's just getting a 1% <laughs> of fact that it really interesting. Yeah, and I feel that... Uh, a lot of the soft money is connected to startups, especially around innovation. You need to innovate, yeah. and it's, of course, connected to the climate and all that kind of stuff, which is great. 
uh, sometimes games, I mean, everyone knows that games create value and, and, and create job opportunities, but at the same time, it is uh, entertainment. Uh, so we, we are always put in that jar, so to speak, which makes it hard to get the, the soft money. Uh, because you can always like the games industry, but at the end, but the, at the end of the day, um, a lot of applications get rejected because it's just entertainment, uh, and I think that's a problem because it generates so much value, and also for individuals. I mean, a lot of people get their value in life from playing games. I think that's important if we look into the future. Yes. If AI takes our jobs, what are we going to do? Play games, of course. <laughs> so, so we are we are the future. In the future, there will be two jobs: AI programmers and game developers. That's the only one. So yeah, Indeed. you can edit yeah. that last part out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and the the other when we get back to the simple question, like the the first part. So yeah, easy. How, how could we like in Finland we have this called start like start up money basically that you can get like less than thousand like seven hundred euros a month for a six twelve months something like that. That's the one basic form that you can get. But if you don't if it's a starting as a new company with no experience, you can you hardly can make a game in a year if you don't have mentorship and experience. So, what, what kind of ideas and who should like how to fund and who should who should fund like new startups? Like, should with the waiting process we screen the best out of them? Competitions. What's the way? Like, do you have any ideas? I mean, one thing that I think is quite interesting is that there there is a lot of capital that could go into gaming and that could go into sort of forming a, a regional initiative, for example. I mean, yeah. uh, entrepreneurs that are in, you know, whatever industry that might think that, oh, I, I would like to support my region somehow. And what better way than to actually create a games industry? Because you, you raise the attractiveness of, of your city or your region and, and you create a, a creative industry. So the problem is, though, that, I mean, if, if these companies or individuals make a few bad investments, then gaming feels like a bad investment for them. And they might continue to invest in gaming, but they do it elsewhere instead, like on, on the stock market or at in, in the bigger cities or, or whatever. So I think that creating some sort of local regional investment bodies that can be supported from industry seniors, that could be an interesting way to like help them with, okay, you know what, invest in these 10 ideas or companies. Uh, forget about these ones, but these are the ones you should invest in and help uh, the sort of regional capital to make good investment decisions. That's one idea we're working with, at least. Yeah, yeah sounds, sounds familiar. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, of course, publishers do their job and there are more publishers joining uh, the, the scene, which is great. Uh, we also see more venture capitalists that are interested. Uh, personally, I maybe think that the angel investors are more in interesting uh with referring to what you just said there daniel and i would like to see more uh engine investors coming on board to learn how the games industry work um and maybe also we can share those kind of context between our regions uh i like i would i would personally like to invest more in the games industry but it's really hard for me to invest in the uh, game game companies that we have in our cluster because uh, i can't invest in my own cluster so to speak uh, it put me in my bad situation but, but i could invest in your cluster and you can invest in my cluster I'm not sure if it's a good that idea. Sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? That would be really cool. Um, and if we 
if we talk about how the members at this in game found their game, but today it's, it's a mix yeah. as all clusters, but I would say majority, especially of the young Indies, they finance it by the, the student loans. So they, they are studying and they use the money to, to work on their games on the spare time, the weekends, the nights, everything, uh, which is which is kind of great if that it works that way. Uh, a trend also is that more and more companies are using consultant work as a, a source of financing, which is really hard because if you if you're a consultant at hundred percent, it's really hard to make a game, of course. Um, but if you balance that in a good way, maybe you can do consult consultant work for for half time. Or if you're five people, two guys can do uh, consultant work, and the other guys can live out of that. So that's something we see. Um, we have members working with Evolution, uh, for example, which is great, works great. Uh, we also get, as a cluster, we also get a, uh, maybe once a week, we get a question from a company saying, hey, do you know whether someone that could make this kind of game, we have a small budget, can, can you find someone for us? And we can go to the team that we think are suitable and need that, need that cash as well. Um, it is hard to balance uh, consultant work with your own development, but I, I see that as a great source. And effort. because another good thing with that is that they learn how to do business, they learn how to work in a bigger team, they they learn how to write an agreement and how to send an invoice, so they get the the business into their DNA instead of just having hundred percent production in their DNA. Because um, sooner or later you have to become a, a, a business person and you have to learn how. To to build a company and not on how to build a game so i think that's that's great um yeah yeah I, I like that idea maybe like every cluster should invest in other clusters and then compete yeah. like that ah we made you cl- your cluster better than you did ours that's an interesting way to compete <laughs> yeah like we we gotcha yeah we we, we like, like personally be invested in each other's clusters so so we need to network and we need to learn from each other we need to meet up but we need to Drink drinks once in a while. Well, this this started as a podcast, ended in a business meeting. <laughs> yes, what did you expect? <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right, nice. Um, so last but uh, definitely not least, uh, let's move on to Thomas and your question, please, sir. That is me, I think. Um, yeah. So as I said, our mission is uh, to establish and grow the games industry in our region, of course, obviously. Uh, but we have a vision that is. Uh, uh, I mean, a vision should be something that's really hard to achieve. So right now, our vision is to create the best ecosystem in the world for game developers. And what do we mean by ecosystem? That means that, I mean, as a cluster or a community, of course, you need to have office space, you need to have a divisory, you need to have access to, to money and all that kind of stuff. But uh, as an ecosystem, we see that we also need um, somewhere to live for people. We need maybe um, the things for people to do in the weekends, uh, the, on the, in the private sector we need i mean if you move here to sweden or the nordic region maybe you have a family you have a partner and the partner needs a job you have kids school and all all that kind of stuff that creates a life because making a game is a lifestyle so we're working hard on that so for example right now we are looking into co-living opportunities because we if we want to move people here from abroad they need to be engaged in a social context i mean work of course but they can take care of that themselves. They have the computer and the office space. But where should they live? Uh, live. Where should they live, and how should they afford that? So co-living is very interesting as a complement to co-working, I think. So my question is basically, what do you think is needed to create a really great ecosystem to attract people from from abroad to come here and get the whole the whole package, so to speak? 
if I if I start, I think I I believe in chaos, like and you can't you can't <laughs> con- you can't control in the chaos. And I always try to approach approach these ecosystem things that how can we guide the chaos to the wanted direction, so to say. So I I think if I would like uh like like you, you had a, you had a good list, but I think the most important things uh <laughs> would be uh for a for a game company directly cheap rent like community mm-hmm. is built around cheap rent like nobody mm. at least at what i've heard in my interviews nobody really wants to pay for the community so it's not a premium but if yes. you have a cheap or decent rent then community can be formed around that because those people who need most help usually don't <laughs> they benefit also from the cheap rent <laughs> And, uh, and are you referring to both uh, workspace, office, and uh, like personal living? Well, well, they're so interconnected these days, right? <laughs> but yes, yes, yeah, there's definitely for the company uh, space like the that 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 was my my approach. I actually like the co-living idea too. So so having like a simple good infrastructure, like having everything included with the rent, like all the printers, meeting rooms, stuff like that. Have that make that thing work and simple and yeah. quite reasonably priced, and then the community can be built around that. And uh, then all the funding, publishing, that mm-hmm. funding of funder and publisher contacts. Yeah, it's nice to have them there, but these days, like trade trips and like uh, calls, remote connection, it, I think you don't need uh, venture capitalists and publishers in the same house. Like I think it true. can be even better. If they're just the developers there, and obviously including business people inside the companies, like the, if the game companies are there, there's serendipity. Big companies are close to each other. If there's a small company, there's the only one designer in every company, also, and they can support each other. That kind of stuff. It's really, really beneficial. And uh, yeah, I think that's the bare minimum. And uh, yeah, I like and that. Then I... really, really deeply connected, like you said, uh, spouses. If people move in with families, they need support they need jobs they need cheap co-living spaces whatever it is and support just it's scary to move to nordic countries as sweden is better in finland we are so quiet so anybody <laughs> moving here will be freaked out because nobody's talking to them but no no better people <laughs> but yeah you're you're far too kind no but i mean i i think yeah you're really spot on when it comes to these easy things, you know, the, and the community feeling. And, and I think it's, I mean, people want to be where the party's at, right? I mean, if if there's, and I don't actually mean just the party. I mean, just, I mean, if you see that there are board, na- board game nights going on, there are some sort of uh, game jams going on, there are these parties, there are uh, a good collaboration between educations and, and, and talent and studios and so forth. I think that if you have a studio, you want to be in the midst of that somehow. Uh, if you're someone that wants to uh, find a way into the business, you want to be there as well because you think, that oh, okay, if I'm in the middle of that, I might actually find a career and a lot of friends. But I also think that we need to remember that these target groups are really different. I mean, the people that have their established company with 20 to 50 people or whatever, and this lonely person that just needs to find or wants to find a career. Uh, This last one, I mean, you could probably attract that person with, okay, this is a nice 
cool place where other people that like to make games live. It's it's quite crappy, but it's cheap, and uh, you can live on noodles and make your games. That would <laughs> probably be enough. But still, you need that other offering as well to, to the more established studio, because otherwise you won't have these seniors that we were talking about earlier. And to find that, I mean, the link between these two, I think it's quite tricky. But uh, it's about creating the events where people want to be, you know? Uh, not saying that it's easy, but... Yeah. I like it. I like yeah, I like what I hear. And and the chaos, I like the chaos thing. And in chaos, it's a bit hard because I personally like that a lot. And I, I just came up with a new title for myself, which is like a, a chaos pilot. Because that's what I do most during the days. People come to us and say, hey, this looks like a great chaos. I want to be part of this chaos, but how do I find anything? I'm like, okay, let me take you by the hand and I will show you where, where to get. But first you have to tell me what your goal is and I can guide you through the chaos. But it's kind of hard as, as well, especially if you like apply for money and when you talk to politicians and the, the guys with the, the governmental money, because they need order. They give you a form and say, hey, tell me about the order that you have. And you say, well, we have chaos and it's great. And they say, okay, bye-bye. So that's a kind of problem. So I, I'm, I'm wondering how can we keep the chaos and and, and make that prosper um, while explaining for the for the outside system that, that how it must be yeah okay i'm yeah. gonna stack it that thought yeah 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 it's it's a it's a it's a fun idea it's a little bit like um it's it's just impossible to direct hmm. like that ecosystem basically it's just too complex and we hmm. don't have we don't have the power we don't have the resources to do that really it's no but it is need, but, it, but it still is. we can but we but uh, how i sell it to the politicians it that if we put some resources to it like if we don't do anything it's just chaos and then everything is mm. by luck and yeah. crazy people yeah. who, don't listen, who don't listen to sense, <laughs> who, who are stupid <laughs> enough or crazy enough to just do things without any support. If we don't it's do that, it's, it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah, that's not, it's just luck. <laughs> but yeah. if we just inject some resources and we can actually push the chaos to mm. more productive directions, give some uh, thing. So it's like the difference is, do we just trust for luck? And hope for the best, or do we yeah. maybe want to do some intelligent nudges and like do something? I think that's with details. How, how, yeah, how, that's how we can sell it to the uh, paperwork people. Like, uh, yeah, very good. I like it. It's, it's t-shirt material. <laughs> Push the <details. laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, and I guess it is some some sort of pipeline almost because you need that uh, you, you need all the leads to create uh, business, right? And when it comes to this industry, you need all the people. Uh, not yes. all of them will will turn out to be great developers. Not all of them will turn out to be great studios or great games. But you need you need the volume. Uh, otherwise, it it won't happen. And I think that sort of system could be explained to mm. uh, to politicians and and that sort. Yeah. Uh, in my in my understanding, uh, Swedish and Finnish game industry is a little bit different. You are more. You have big companies, and then there's splinters that come out of big companies, maybe. And then in Finnish game industry is more like just like small companies everywhere, and some of them grow. But we are now mm. getting some sort of maturity here in Capital Area, especially there are a bunch of big companies and big acquisitions, Sony and so on, but and Sega now. But um, mm. still, the whole like the starting point is a little bit different, but. I had a point. <laughs> I had a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I can just comment on that while you're looking yeah. for the point, Johnny, because I mean, in, in the north of Sweden, we have 
mainly small studios. I mean, our large studios perhaps have 30 people or something like that. So they are still quite small. So most of our studios are actually in, in the startup phase and perhaps a handful of people and something like that. Yeah. But I think that could be good because we had a discussion some weeks ago around how do we attract more bigger studios to our region? How do we get them to establish themselves here? Uh, um, and what kind of things do we have to do? And I was really puzzled about that question. It, it felt like we had to, to do a lot of stuff, but some very clever person, I don't remember who, said that you only need one thing, basically, and that is you need other studios to steal talent from. So if you have other studios with, with the talented people and that they can steal, they will come and they will get like handle all the practical details themselves. So which boils down to that if you want larger corporations to establish themselves, we need to uh, make sure that the indie studios flourish and, and expand, which comes down to that structured chaos and all that kind of stuff. So I, I like that image and I, that's how we're working right now here. Uh, so we are not really actively hunting the, the larger studios. Uh, we, we know that they will come once we have enough talent in our region. So volume is important, as you mentioned there, Daniel. Yeah, that's sort of a boomerang back to that talent question, right? I mean, if we yeah, were yeah. attracting the talent, circle. that's yeah, that's full circle, right? We're going circles. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It sounded much worse now, Jan. It sounded it felt better in my head. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's the Phineas approach, maybe. Yeah, I was literally you took the words out of my mouth that, that that's that's just the thing. And I, I can also say that because I am from Finland, just for our listeners, because I know it's very confusing with the accent. So Alright. Um nice. So before we end the podcast, I'd just like to say thank you so much to all of our guests. It's been such a lovely conversation and just feels like very sort of wholesome and, and positive, which is, is lovely. Um, so once again, uh, our guests on today's podcast have been uh, Thomas from East Sweden Game, Daniel from Arctic Game, and Jonne uh, from Helsinki Game Capital. If you are hiring for new technical roles or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message as well. My name is Melanie and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at melanie.lindsay at evolution-nordics.com or you can visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash se. Thank you again to all of our guests and thank you guys for listening and we hope you can join us again next time.